We're in the middle of a series we're calling simply Christmas carols, his story in scripture and song. And our English version of today's carol takes us all the way back to the same year that the Pony Express uh, began its first mail service. Uh, the same year that we have the world's first sound recording. Uh, it was made this year. And Abraham Lincoln became the 16th President of the United States of America. And for those of you uh, who forgot your history lessons, and I wouldn't know either if I didn't have it written down, we're looking back at the year 1860. 1860. And we don't know who the original author was, but the English version was composed by Edward Shippen Barnes, the organist at the Church of the Nativity, in New York City, and he published in a collection of hymns called Holy Family Hymns. And I remember as a young boy thinking about uh, how different this song was, at least for me. It was so different compared to what they, we sang with other songs, because then you got to the chorus, you got to hold out that one word, and it just seemed different. Gloria in excelsis Deo. And I thought, that's pretty cool, even though I, don't, I didn't even know what in excelsis Deo meant. I had no idea, but I thought it was kind of neat. Well, open your Bible to Luke 2 and open your hymnal to page 100. And we're talking about angels we have heard on high. And I want to read the hymn to you, and we're going to go back to the Scripture. We're using the carols to drive us to the Bible. And we're looking at these together. And uh, we're going to find out, if you don't know, what excelsis Deo means and all these good things here in this song, Angels We Have Heard on High. And I'm going to read the hymn to you first, and you're going to find as we read it, really, it is Luke chapter 2, the story of Luke 2, set to beautiful poetry. And we're going to read it, and you follow along as I read hymn number 100, Angels We Have Heard on High. It says, Angels We Have Heard on High, sweetly singing o'er the plains. And the mountains in reply, echoing their joyous strains. Shepherds, why this jubilee? Why your joyous strains prolong? What the gladsome tidings be which inspire your heavenly song? Come to Bethlehem and see him whose birth the angels sing. Come adore on bended knee Christ the Lord, the newborn King. See him in a manger laid, whom the choirs of angels praise. Mary, Joseph, lend your aid, while our hearts in love we've raised. Gloria in excelsis Deo, Gloria in excelsis Deo. Now that chorus that we sing, uh, it really is the Latin wording for what the angel said. It's glory to God in the highest. The Latin word Gloria, which we sing there, uh, means glory. And the phrase in excelsis is the phrase for in the highest. Uh, we get our English words excel and excellent comes from the same root, meaning to rise or to be high. And the Latin word for God is Deo. So what you have here really is the Latin version of what the angels said there, glory to God in the highest. Now we've read the hymn, and really we're, we're looking at a poetic form of the scripture in Luke chapter 2, now I want to go read the scripture with you. Luke chapter 2, verse 8. Here's the scripture that inspired the carol. Luke chapter 2, beginning at verse number 8. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, 
And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. This will be the sign to you. You shall find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the angels said to one another, Let us go now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now, when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. And what we have, beloved, really is an unusual combination. We have angels and we have shepherds. We have the extraordinary and the ordinary. We have the spectacular and the simple. We have the supernatural and the natural. These angels appearing to these shepherds. Now, according to Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 14, angels are ministering spirits. In fact, Hebrews 1.14 says, Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those who will inherit salvation? And on that special night, God sent His ministering spirits, His angels, on a very special mission. A mission to a group of shepherds to announce the birth of His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Here it is, the greatest birth announcement ever. I got to thinking about it this past week. Perhaps the world's first singing telegram. uh, Right here from these angelic messengers that come. And as we think about angels, we find angels all over the place when it comes to the nativity, doesn't it? Don't we? Uh, the Christmas story, we find them. We're reminded of them today as we see them in paintings, as we see them in nativity scenes, on Christmas trees, and Christmas cards. We find these angels depicted. David Jeremiah wrote, you may visualize angels in white robes with wide feathery wings. Perhaps you even picture shiny gold halos. This image comes not from the Bible, but from painters of the Middle Ages and the Renaissance. These artists were disappointed to discover that the Bible is largely silent about the physical appearance of angels. How to describe the indescribable. The artists had to substitute their own creativity. But he says we can know this about the appearance of angels. If we saw one, we would most likely be terrified. So what did they look like as they appeared there? We're not sure. But we do know that it was a frightening experience for those shepherds. In fact, what's the very first thing the angel says? Like they say to other people in the account, right? Do not be afraid. Fear not. Why? Because they were afraid. They were scared to death. Uh, They were greatly afraid, the scripture says. And you and I would have been afraid too. Put yourself in their sandals sitting out on the hillside, looking out at sheep and all of a sudden an angelic being appears. (laughs) we'd be afraid to. Well, this morning we'll look at the shepherds that these angels came and appeared to and reminded of some very important lessons that we need to hold on to 
and practice. And I want you to notice as these angels come with God's message, I want you to notice the response that the shepherds gave to them. Very first thing we're reminded of this morning is we should listen to God's message. We should listen to God's message. Now we find that in verses 8 through 14. The message that God sent that night through his angel was good, it was joyful, and it was universal in scope. Notice it says there in verse 10, Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which should be to all people. And so the message is for everybody. The gospel's for everybody. Everyone needs to hear this. Everyone needs to respond. And what is this message? It's the message of the gospel. Verse 11 says, For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. The message the angels shared that evening was the message of Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Sweetest name I know. Fills my every longing, keeps me singing as I go. And during this Christmas season, beloved, every season, we should listen to God's message. We should listen to God's message. Now today, where we live, here we are, we're in America 2013. We don't need an incredible uh, display of angelic hosts today to receive God's message. Why? Because we have the incredible, inerrant, authoritative, infallible, completed Word of God. And we hear God's message as He speaks to us. We have His message right here. It's the story of God's love from Genesis to Revelation. From creation to consummation, the theme of the Bible is Jesus. And as you look at the message that God sent to those shepherds that night, listen to what he says here. Uh, Perhaps we've heard the story so many times. We've lost the wonder of it all. If you were brought up in church every year, you've heard this story. You Maybe you participated in the Christmas pageant or the Christmas Eve program or whatever. You've been a shepherd. You've been a wise man. Maybe you've been a sheep. Maybe you've been Mary or Joseph. Maybe you were a baby and even put you as baby Jesus. And you've been doing this year after year after year after year. And we hear it and we know it. And it's familiar. And yet we've lost the wonder of it all. Listen, beloved. Here's what he's saying. Jesus, who is God, became man without ceasing to be God. The incarnation. God stepped into flesh and became one of us without sin been thinking about a lot about that lately. Do you see the humility that he displayed in doing that? How many of you grown men here today would be willing to go back and become a baby again? No, we don't want to do that. We don't want someone even treating us that way, much less becoming. Imagine here it is, God, the creator, stepping into flesh and coming as a little baby, born to a poor peasant girl. And her espoused husband, a virgin birth, he became one of us without sin. And he came to die in our place. He came to take our place. He came to grow and to live a sinless, perfect life and then voluntarily give his life a ransom for many. We talked about that some this morning, about the redemption and propitiation and justification through the Lord Jesus Christ. We talked about that in Sunday school. And the angel says, listen, I bring you good tidings of great joy to all people. Why? There's born a Savior who is Christ the Lord. God has spoken and we should listen. Beloved, each time you open your Bible, 
Each time you hear a Sunday school lesson, each time you listen to a sermon, listen carefully. You know why? Because God is speaking through His Spirit, through His Word. God has a message for you and God is speaking to you. And you should listen carefully to the message that God has for you. Now look at back what it says in verse 13. The very first two words of verse 13, it says, and suddenly, and suddenly. You have one angelic being here giving this announcement, then suddenly the sky feel, fills with angelic wonder and praise. It says, and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. One author said, this was a sky show such as the world has never seen. No holiday fireworks could possibly measure up to this spectacle. As you see the angelic host there lighting up the sky. Glory to God in the highest. And on earth peace, goodwill toward men. We were reminded this morning from the shepherds we should listen to God's message. But number two, we're reminded we should respond to God's message. We should respond to God's message. Now listen, beloved, in reality, we always respond to God's message in one way or another. Sad to say, we sometimes respond with apathy. Who cares? Sometimes we respond with indifference. Sometimes we respond with outright disobedience. But we should respond the way these humble shepherds responded. What do we find them doing here? We find them obeying. They responded with obedience. The angel said, you will find the babe. And I want you to notice what they did there. It says that they said, let's go. Let's go. When God speaks, we should not only listen to his message, we should obey. Jesus said this in John chapter 14, verse 15. If you love me, keep my commandments. Um, He's not just speaking to speak. He's speaking that we might hear and obey. And we're to respond to God's message. We're to respond in obedience. I understand a grandfather was visiting a six-year-old grandson when his mother called, Tommy, it's time for you to shower. And uh, granddad said to little Tommy, now do you use the shower downstairs or the one upstairs? And little Tommy said, well, mama says that I can't take a shower upstairs. And when mama says no, we better do no. Um, That's a smart boy. And beloved, when Jesus says no, we better do no. And when God says go, we better go. But I want you to notice it was not only obedience on their behalf. He says you will find the babe. You know, it's implied in that. Go and find him. Not only obedience, but it was obedience without delay. Look at verse 16. It says there in verse 16, and they came with haste. If you back up in the middle of verse 14, it says, let us now go to Bethlehem. Verse 16, and they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in the manger. Uh, they, they, they came with haste. They immediately obeyed without delay. Now, we often, we often don't do that, do we? We know that God speaks to us and God tells us to do something or not to do something. And here's how we think if we're honest about it. They say, well, you know what? Later on, I'll do that. I'll do that Later. Later on, I know I ought to be baptized if I, if I know Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. I know that's the first of obedience, but I'll get baptized later. I know I ought to join the church, but I'll, I'll join later. I know I ought to witness and, and share Jesus, but I'll do that later. I know I ought to be tithing, but, but I'll do that later. 
Beloved, and what we have is really, uh, what we're really saying is, no, I'm not going to obey. That delay is really disobedience. But the shepherds did not disobey. They said, let us now go. And they came with haste. There was some pep in their step, don't you think? I mean, they just got an angelic visitor, an angelic choir before them. They've been told the greatest news that there is a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And his little baby laying in a food, a, a feed trough. Let us now go. It was obedience. It was obedience without delay. But did you notice likewise it was also obedience. It was obeying um, together. And we're reminded that we ought to obey with each other. Notice what it says there in verse 15 again. Let us now go to Bethlehem. And they came. When God speaks to us through his word, we should obey personally. And we should obey corporately. When God speaks to our church, we should obey as a church family. Jesus told us to go into all the world with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's a command given to you personally, child of God. And that's a command given to us as a church family. And we ought to obey with each other. That's not just for the preacher. It is for the preacher, but not just for the preacher. That command to go with the gospel is not just for the deacons. It is for the deacons, but not just the deacons. It's for everyone who knows the Lord Jesus Christ. You're to go with the gospel. And so we do well to quote and to follow the example of the shepherds when they say, let us now go. Let's go. And it's interesting, we see this in the shepherd's life. You see, we should listen to God's message and we should respond to God's message. But we should also share God's message. That's what the shepherds did here. They didn't just go and see, they left and shared. How many times are we guilty? We go to church and we get fed. We get fed. We get fed spiritually. And we take it in 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 and we take it in. But we never give it out. Pardon the crudeness of this comment, but it was mentioned to us in one of our evangelism trainings Share Jesus without fear. That one of the greatest problems we have as Christians is spiritual constipation. So, yeah. We constantly take in, take in, take in, take in, take in. But we never share it out. We never share the message. Shepherds didn't do that. They didn't just say, oh, aren't we just privileged? Man, we must be somebody. We got to, don't tell anybody. No. Look at what they did there in verses 17 through 19. Now, when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which they told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Notice it says they made it widely known. I think they told everyone they saw. I think they told anybody that would listen. We do well to follow in their sandals, beloved. You see, this message is for everyone. It says very clearly, the angel said what? This is good tidings of great joy to all people. We sang a little song growing up. Maybe you did as well. Red and yellow, black and white. They are precious in his sight. The gospel is for everybody. Regardless of their creed, their, their nationality, their color, their, their financial standing. 
Whatever it may be, regardless, the message is for them. It's good news of great joy to all people. In fact, the Bible says very clearly in Second uh, Peter chapter 3, verse 9, that God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Everybody. We saw it in our Sunday school lesson this morning. All that believe. It's for all people. And God sent His Son and He told these shepherds, And they went out and they shared. And beloved, we should share it as freely and widely and as many that will listen. That there is a Savior who is Christ the Lord. You see, we should listen to God's message. We should share God's message. Uh, We should um, respond to God's message. But there's a fourth thing here. We should glorify God for His message. The shepherds did that. Did you notice verse 20? We read it before. It says, then the shepherds returned, now watch this, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. God sent His Son to die in our place, to give His life a ransom for many. And God sent that angel to share that message with these shepherds and They glorified God. Here lately I've come to appreciate more and more the fact that God has revealed Himself to us. He's made Himself known to us. He chose to do that, by the way. He could have remained distant. He could have created us and stepped to the side and left us to our own devices. He knew we were going to fail, by the way. He was not caught off guard when Eve took a bite of that fruit and then Adam and fell. He knew all about that. In fact, the Bible says that Jesus is the Lamb slain before the foundation of the world. He knew even before He created us, He'd have to send His Son to redeem us and die for us. And yet He still did that. And more and more I've been appreciating, beloved, the fact that He's made Himself known to us. And He did that, through, especially through the incarnation. Jesus Christ became like us, yet without sin. And beloved, that's an occasion for worship. That's an occasion to honor and glorify and praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Because of all that we've heard, all that we've seen, and all that's been told to us. That's what the shepherds did there. Out of everyone that the Lord could have sent His angel to, He chose to send them to those who were pretty much the low on the totem pole people of the time. Those who would be considered even outcasts to many people. Yet those are the ones He sent as angelic beings to announce... And He's chosen to reveal Himself to us. Now listen, He's not only revealed Himself generally, but specifically to each one of us. No one in this building now can say, I've never heard about Jesus Christ. Maybe you have never heard before you got here. Maybe you've never heard the Gospel, but now you can't say that. God so loved you, you're a sinner. All of us have sinned. We're undone. We're lost. We cannot save ourselves. Yet in love He sent His Son to die in our place, shed His precious blood, be buried and rise again victorious. If you'll repent of your sin and place your faith in Jesus Christ, you will be saved. God in His grace and mercy has chosen to reveal Himself for us and that is an occasion to worship and praise. In my reading this past week, I ran across the following story. During the Christmas season of 1943, the chaplain for the USS North Carolina collected $5 from each crewman who had children. 
He sent the money to Macy's department store in New York City with instructions for store clerks to select gifts, wrap them, and send presents to the crewmen's homes. The chaplain also planned a special Christmas show for the sailors aboard the ship for Christmas Day. But at the conclusion, the sailors were asked to remain in their seats for a surprise. You see, beloved, Macy's had found and filmed a message from each family and sent it to the chaplain. There on the screen were the wives and children of the sailors speaking words of greetings to their loved ones. The author said, I can imagine the joy that swept through the room as each sailor awaited a personal greeting from his wife and children so far away. But beloved, how much more should we be joyful of the fact that God has sent us a personal greeting of love? That God so loved you that He sent His Son to die for you. I think we should follow the example in the words of the hymn writer. Where it says in verse 3, Come to Bethlehem and see Him whose birth the angels sing. And I want to change the next part just a little bit. Come adore on bended knee Christ the Lord, soon coming King. Gloria in excelsis Deo. Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. Our gracious Heavenly Father, it is with thankful hearts that we bow today. And Lord, during this Christmas season, help us not to take for granted the great love that You've given in sending Your Son to die in our place. Help us not to lose the wonder of it all. Help us not in the familiarity of the story to lose the awesomeness of just what was accomplished through sending Christ for us. Help us to come adore on bended knee Christ our Lord, the soon coming King. Father, I pray if there's anyone in this room listening to the sound of my voice, that's never met the Lord Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. I pray in this next moment or two, they turn from their sin and place their faith in Jesus alone. And then, Father, I pray for those of us who know Him. Perhaps we have kind of lost the freshness of our worship and the joy that should be present. As we glorify you. I pray for a renewal. And a refreshment. That we might truly. Praise and honor and glorify. You for all that we've seen. And heard. And has been told to us. Bless this invitation I pray. As we sing. We ask this in Jesus name and for his sake. Amen. We want to sing that hymn in closing. It's number 100 if you had closed it up. Angels, we've heard on high. As we sing, if you need to be saved today, you've never met the Lord Jesus, here's what I want you to do. Just come meet me right here at the front. I'll simply take you, welcome you, and I'll place you with someone who loves you and loves Jesus. They'll take a Bible and lead you to the cross. Plain and simple. Maybe today you're already a child of God, but God has spoken to your heart, and maybe you need to come and renew that wonder 
I would invite you to come as we sing. 100 angels we have heard on high. Let's stand and sing 100. (laughs) 